Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Metal Men number 21. Cover date August-September 1966. Cover price 12 cents. Cover artists Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. Edited by Robert Kaniger. Featuring The Metal Men vs. The Plastic Perils. Written by Robert Kaniger, art by Ross Andrew, and Mike Esposito. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go. Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new Tired of fighting robot menaces, the Metal Men seek out real criminals to battle. They travel to different cities around the country, but when they find crooks, they are upstaged by other heroes, including The Flash, Batman and Robin, and Wonder Woman. Discouraged, the Metal Men return home to melt themselves down. Concerned? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. Sally's from the wrong side of the tracks, you know. It's not the going over, but the coming back that's oh so wrong. She's daddy's plastic child, and she must learn to bend to things like this because her parents tell her what is right for her is not the same as what is right for them. from the strangest dream. What dream? Well, there was a baby goat, which I was trying to return to its owner, who was a student of mine. Oh, my. And I also wanted to provide some luncheon for the student and her family. Uh-huh. So I was going to give them hot dogs. And... And the baby goat. Yes. Okay. No, I wasn't going to give the baby goat a hot dog. No. Uh, uh, that's and fine. I was not going to feed them their own baby goat. goat. Yeah. So I knew somehow that the student had two twin sisters. Okay. And so I was trying to determine where all the sisters were so that I could deliver their hot dogs. <laughs> I know how this sounds now that I'm saying it out loud. But um, she would not tell me where the one twin lived. Oh my. So I kept making a hot dog for the twin sister. And then she'd say, no, she doesn't live here. And I'd say, well, where does she live? And she wouldn't. 
And she just said, like, on the coast. Oh. <laughs> she wouldn't tell me where. <laughs> so I wasted so many hot dogs. Oh, you know, I have a thing about um, about um, the temperature of the hot dog that I eat. Mm-hmm. I happen to like hot dogs uh, a lot. Yes. But, and I, I don't need them grilled versus boiled or whatever, but I will not eat a hot dog that, you know how like if you go to uh, like the movie theater or something and you get a hot dog and they give it to you and it's hot when they take it off the 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 grill but by the time that they get it to you and the time that you've taken it to the fixin's bar the hot dog has has cooled it's It's become tepid yep i will eat them but Mm -hmm. it's it's almost disgusting to me it's like i want a hot dog that snaps when you bite into it and that is really hot i want the relish and the mustard and the and the ketchup to be cold and I want the hot dog to be hot and I'm not that particular about the food that I eat but I am very particular about hot dogs wow yeah impassioned I'd say uh, yeah like I it the worst is if you eat a hot dog and it's tepid and the grease from the hot dog coats the inside of your mouth and becomes a paste mm-hmm like if you eat cold bologna I'm not crazy about bologna either but like that that oh that drives me insane. Okay, so there you go. One time, uh, my older sister and I, I don't know why, but we were staying with our grandmother, Mrs. White. Mm-hmm. And my older sister was upstairs sleeping. I think she was hungover in hindsight. And so my grandmother spent a good deal of time yelling up the stairs, Sarah Lou, Sarah Lou, do you want a hot dog? And she didn't because she was hungover and sleeping. Mm-hmm. And then about a half hour later, Mrs. White spent another great deal of time waking Sarah Lou up to tell her that it's a good thing she didn't want a hot dog because we didn't have any. (laughs) (laughs) I love your family stories. Hey. What? Would you like to know some fun facts about plastic? Uh, Yeah, I just read about a lot of them. There are now 5.25 trillion macro and micro pieces of plastic in the oceans and 46,000 pieces in every square mile of ocean, weighing up to 269,000 tons. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is around 1.6 million square kilometers, bigger than Texas. And one in three fish caught for human consumption contains plastic. In fact... There are more pieces of plastic in the ocean than there are fish. You thought we had to worry about the robot revolution. I'm not so sure. I am. Your speechless. mouth is agape. I am speechless. Really? I can't believe there's that much plastic in the ocean. Well, brother, believe it. And we did it. Because that's we from Wikipedia. Did it. We did. No, not not no, we, no, no. We, well, we humans probably did it. because we throw plastic in the garbage and things. And uh, we recycle, but not all the now, recycle. But how much of our lives did we spend? Oh yeah, well before recycling became a thing, right? Totally, yeah. And you know, and when I was a child, we were poor and we didn't have uh, uh, garbage collection. We would burn our trash. No, yes, and when I was a child, we only had one plastic bottle to share with all of us. What <laughs> plastic bottle? The whole family had to just share one plastic bottle. Actually, no, my father did have some kind of contraption. It was a red plastic bottle, and it said half pint on it. Would he piss into it? He'd piss into it on car trips because he didn't want to stop at the rest area. Yeah, yeah. 
I knew that. I knew that's where you were going. Unfortunately, with it did not have an airtight lid. Oh God. Sloppity slop. Oh God. Oh. So metal men is where all of this fascinating discussion is leading. Hmm. Said Metal Man number twenty one. Special guest shots of Batman and Robin, The Flash, and Wonder Woman in The Metal Men versus the Plastic Perils. And on the cover we see the Metal Men fighting uh it looks like those cutout men when you cut out the accordion men and stretch them out. Paper dolls. Paper dolls, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the Mideast, we call them accordion men. Back in the what? The Middle East? What Is I it... meant to say was Midwest. But what, <laughs> <laughs> what came out of my mouth was Mideast. Allah! Akbar! <laughs> uh, I, as I said, I just woke up oh, from yeah. a nap. We did. We both took naps this afternoon. Yes. Yes. Um, I don't like this cover. It's very poorly colored. It's all also. like a pine green mm-hmm. background. And then these plastic peril characters are very muddily drawn by Ross Andrew and Mike Esposito. Uh, but right up front, we have Tin and his girlfriend, Nameless, who's still Nameless. They've been promoting her name for, what, six issues now and still I, haven't come up with one. I don't one. think people really care. Well, I mean, some people care because they'll talk about it in the, in the issue. Right in the very issue. Yeah. Yes. On the splash page, we have our roll call, Dr. Will Magnus, Lead, Tin, Gold, Mercury, Iron, and Platinum. Nameless does not make the roll call, I guess, because she doesn't have a name. What's happening? Do you spy something out the window? Well, one of our neighbors is running. She's got quite a heavy coat on, and she was walking. Now she's running again. Okay. She's, I don't know who she is, but she's, boy, that's, uh, running is a very generous term to describe what she's doing. Well, you know, God bless her. At least she's out there trying. Yes. That's more than I can say. That's we true. have new neighbors, you know. <gasps> yes, Who I greeted on behalf of... The HOA, as I am the president of elect, Tom and Judy. Yes. With their little cocker spaniel, Jasper. Who does not come when it's called. It doesn't? No. Who said? Well, I, the other morning I was walking him, uh, uh-huh. walking Butler and, and Jubug. Yes. And Jasper was out, was let out the front door. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what's Tom? Tom was, Tom. With, was mm-hmm. watching him and Tom called him and Jasper ran right around the back of the house. Well, he... Did something when called. Well, yes. Well, Tom was standing in the front yard, so Jasper just ran around well, the back of the house. Well, Tom told me that Jasper's got some kind of Wi-Fi collar, and so he doesn't go beyond the bounds of the Oh, well, maybe Jasper is or any, catching a signal or something. Maybe he's like a Target shopping cart, that when he gets too far <laughs> from the house, he just stops. <laughs> Can't go any further. Okay, um, let's go back to the issue. All right, go on, says the villain, Professor Bravo. Slam away at my plastic gang all you want. You can see for yourselves that there's no way of beating them. They love to be clobbered. They come <laughs> back stronger than before. That describes plastic. Yes, and the metal men are indeed clobbering them. Mm-hmm. During this entire book, we read, the metal men fight a losing battle. There's a misprint there. The metal man fight a losing oh battle my. for their very existence, while their inventor doesn't come up for air from a smooch that lasts for 24 pages. Mm-hmm. Both the unique robots and their inventor set a record, but of what kind? You will be the startled judges in the incredible thriller The, the Metal, Metal Men versus, versus the Plastic, plastic Pedals. 
At the huge laboratory, complex of Doc Magnus, genius inventor of the unique Metal Man, all activity seems to be at a standstill as the metal robots are standing around a plexiglass window watching Staring Dr. Magnus make out with a pretty brunette. Right. Now, I've done a lot of kissing in my day. Uh-huh. But I can't remember ever doing this pose that this gal's got one arm slung around Will Magnus's neck mm-hmm. and the other arm upraised over his shoulder, pointing with her index finger. If Into I didn't the... know better, I'd think she was a spy and had some kind of camera in her fingernail with which she was filming the laboratory. Or she was keeping him distracted while other people are coming are coming by and she's pointing them in the direction yes. of where they should be going. Steal this. Mm-hmm. Now steal this. Right, right. She is wearing a red dress, which mm-hmm. says communist to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a brunette. Yes, meaning evil. So uh, the metal men are gobsmacked. They're all waiting for platinum, who we'll call Tina for the rest of the issue, mm-hmm. uh, to fly off the handle because, as you know, she loves Doc Magnus, and it's an unrequited love because he expects her to act like a subservient robot, which is emblematic of the entire 1950s and 60s. Women should know their place, and men can do whatever they want. Okay. No, but she's calm, cool, and collected. It's all right. No use overheating my circuits for Doc. I can't beat Doc's parade of human pretties from his little black book, and I can't join them. I'll just have to keep reminding myself that I'm just a robot with platinum skin. Poor her. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She's got it bad. Oh, here we go. Oh, God. And the nameless says, You're the bravest robot I've ever saw, Tina. You'd sniff, sniff. Make me cry if I could cry. Sniff, sniff. Hmm. Hmm. Later, in the Metal Men's ready room, which is... Uh, a prison bunk? Well, it's a room with three sets of bunk beds. So one of them doesn't get a bed, which means that Tin and Tina are... Or Tin and Nameless are shacking up. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, why do robots need beds? No, there's a bed right above Tin and Tina's, uh, Nameless's head. Right yeah, but the there's corner. six beds and there's seven robots. Two, four, Two, four six, five, six, seven. seven. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. Um, Why do robots need beds? Yeah. I don't know. Well, they're certainly not built for comfort. They're just canvas stretched over a frame. Right, but certainly robots don't get tired. And if they did, they would just stand still. <laughs> Could you imagine? Just stand still and staring ahead. Sir, uh, also, certainly, I wouldn't provide bunk beds for humanoid figures made of metal a bunk bed can barely hold my weight what if i was made of lead or iron i you're right bob you're right i'm always right (laughs) um anyway they're in their ready room now here's where we get some real meta narrative because the metal men are reading letters to the editor of the metal men comic book i could not believe this when i read it well, now I was thinking about this. I don't know that this has been specifically called out in DC Comics other than this unusual instance. But in Marvel Comics, the Fantastic Four actually had many stories in which they there was an in-universe Fantastic Four comic which chronicled the adventures of the real Fantastic Four. Oh. 
And so, you know, somebody, the thing probably would say, I can't wait until the readers of our Fantastic Four comics get a load of this adventure we just had. Oh, okay. So there might be a similar, and it would have been around this time. Okay. 1966 when those types of stories were happening. Very interesting. So, listen to this letter from Mike Railsback of Mason City, Iowa. What are you guys trying to do? Kill off your readers? I subscribed after reading just one issue of Metal Men number 14. I was delighted with number 16 because it seemed different. Then there was number 17. This time, Robot Spiders. That wasn't a very good follow-up for Robot Termites. After that, number 18 caused me grief. Now it was Robot Dinosaurs. At last I came to number 19. I had read something about it in DC's Direct Currents, and it didn't mention Robot Anythings. I whipped it out and stood aghast. A Robot Centaur! We read that story. You really gave me a jolt. Don't ever scare me like that again. Where's the fabulous metal man of old fighting real villains? I love that. Don't ever give me a scare like that again. Look, Mike, is that your name? Yeah. Uh, the artist does not owe you creating what you want to see. The artist creates what they want to express, and you are free to consume it or not. But, and if you want a different kind of story, if you want metal men fighting regular villains, then write it and draw it. Or right. get one of your little lichen friends there in Mason City to draw it for you. What if the Metal Men were fighting Ennui? Now, you can't use the name the Metal Men because they're copyrighted, but you could make, say, the... Metal people? The soda pop swells or the... I don't know. The the wood folk. I've just woke up from a dream. I can't be creative at the drop of a hat. Like What if they were fighting Ennui? Yes, but again, or what if what if it's an entire story about the metalman doing housework? I I would bet money that there is one already, <laughs> except it would be Tina doing all the work, and the other metalmen sitting around in their bunks with their legs crossed. And listen to this from Irene Vartanoff from Bethesda, Maryland, which is, as you know, right down the road. Yes, right? I was there this morning. Okay, so here we go. The way you've been bleep things up lately, you need all the help you can get. Get some bleep real action into Metalman. Introduce some more human characters. Irene. Hmm. I've never had to bleep a letters page before. My goodness. I wonder what word she used. I don't know. Goofball. You've Mm. really been goofing up late things up lately. Get some Goofball real action in the metal man. <laughs> Who knows? He says we get the picture. So the next page, shortly thereafter, right? Yes. Doc Magnus. Is that his name, Doc Magnus? Yes. Is still making out with his brunette. And she's still pointing around the... Uh... in the in, Over his shoulder. Yeah. So they all just file out and say there's only one way to get the, the robot fighting kick we're up. Excuse me. There's only one way to get out of the robot fighting kick we're on. And that's to change our base of operations. So they're going to take their little flying saucer. Yes. Uh, do they call it anything else besides a flying saucer? Well, the caption says the jetaway. In the unique jetaway. Mm. Um, and then what is this thing? So they're flying <laughs> past a smelter? Yeah. So I guess that's at their headquarters. They have to pass over the smelter. Which is like, that'd be like us passing over a pit of rotating gigantic razor blades. Right. 
right? Anything that we could possibly fall into that would kill us instantly. Which seems like a cruel design trick on the part of Doc Magnus. Right? To make them fly over the element of their destruction every time they go out on a mission. He's a twisted motherfucker. He, yes. he really is. Wait until you... Yes. Okay. So, they are alerted by a barrage of shots. Um, now, look, this, crew, this crew of motorcycle bandits? Well, just brothers. for the sake of uh, relating it to a modern audience, we're going to call them January 6th insurrectionists. Oh. Because that <laughs> literally is the QAnon shaman right there in yeah. the second bicycle. Yes, it is. Uh, but they do look like they have just leapt out of an Archie comic. Yes, or a beach movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, they are running wild in Central City, home of the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, as one of the Metal Men notes, they're as real as today's front pages. That's true. Um, if that pirate flag was a Confederate flag, we'd be all set. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, if we capture them, our fans couldn't complain that we're fighting robots again, so they descend to the ground to start their citizen's arrest. Just look at this group of, of bandits. Yes? Right from the front. He's dressed up in a... Like a Civil War. No, it's like, it's like a Western... Post-Civil... Yes, Western like, F troop, like an F, F troop uniform. Yeah, uniform. Then behind that is the QAnon shaman. Yep. Behind that appears to be a, a German, German Gestapo type, um, yeah, citizen uniform. Not a citizen uniform with with the, with that yeah, the, the helmet, helmet with the pointy hat. Then behind him, Maynard Krebs is a is a poc, is a, is a pirate. No, I think it's a beatnik. Oh, a beatnik with a stripy shirt and the captain's hat and yeah. the goatee. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Amazingly stupid. <laughs> But before the startled gaze of the metal, man, uh, the metal band... Jumping junkyards. It looks like the Flash is beating us to it. The tornado. A tornado. Blitzing those hoodlums into spare parts. And Iron says... No, not Iron. Steel. Steel says, I'm no egghead, Iron. But the sky's so clear. I, but the sky's so clear. I can no, see forever. It's Wait, lead. Lead. Oh, is it? Is it lead? Oh, because it's... Yeah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the sky is so clear, I can see forever. What's a tornado doing on the ground? It's not a tornado. It's the, it's flash, the flash doing his patented uh, tornado arms that Dr. Husband loves so much. No, he's not. He's running. I know. Uh, but uh, to the consternation of the robots, the Flash, a.k.a. the human hurricane. And he knows, of course, he knows the metalman. He says, yes. hi, metalman. I guess this little caper isn't as exciting as all those monster robots you battle, but I'm just a human. Um, I'll have to do the best I can. What's new? Now, this is interesting. The Metal Men are so... Now, granted, they got some uh, strongly worded letters in their mailbag. But they're so intent on fighting things that they're not. Just be the best that you are, Metal Men, at doing what you do. Isn't it a little early to throw in a moral lesson? Well, no, that was my first thought when I read this page, because, as you know, in academia, we come across a lot of people who spend a lot of time complaining about resources that they don't have so that they can be what they want to be, instead of just using the resources they they do have to be the the best best that they can be. Be all that you can be. Well, you know what? That's a really interesting thing. That's that's really what we, we... 
do. Well, I don't because I'm not an administrator, but I uh, I know one. I'm very good friends with one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in fairness, there are some shortages at certain universities that I won't mention. Yes. Um, that do interfere with people's ability to do their job to the best that they possibly can. But. Right. I'm not talking about like if the elementary school teacher has to buy their own materials for the classroom. That's a different thing. I'm talking about I'm at a teaching university. I want to be at a region one. Oh, well, yeah. it's not yeah. a region one. You just have to. Got it. Be the best teacher that yep. you can be at the teaching university. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, so it seems the Flash is jealous that the metal men get to fight big robots because all he gets is the Mirror Master and the Rainbow Raider and the Captain I the, Cold. I think the Flash gets some pretty good villains. He is noted for his rogues gallery. Yes, I will give you that. Yes. Um, what a sensational bunch, the Flash says as the metal men fly off. I wish they would have accepted my invitation to visit for a while. Yeah, and then he says, I wonder why they took off in a hurry. Guess I'll have to read about it in the next issue of Middleman. So I guess he reads comics, and he reads their comic in particular. Well, in fact, The Flash uh, is famously known for his origin being tied up in reading the adventures of the original Flash, Jay Garrick. That's why he decided to name himself The Flash when he got his superpowers of speed. My goodness. So a couple pages ahead, onward race the metalman. The Flash has Central City all tied up, but it will do better in Gotham City. Boy, if I had to choose a city to go to, Gotham City would not be one of the ones no. that I would choose to what go to. what a terrible oh place. Oh my god. I guess the suburbs are okay, because they've got stately manners and things yes, but, but the city itself dear Ooh, lord, lord no art house theaters and drug dens oh speakeasies and prisons and yes criminal asylums and who needs it everybody being killed by these terrible villains anyway they see some gangsters jumping over a what do you call those kind of bridges draw bridges draw bridges mm-hmm. i grew up in a town and had two of them you sure did mm-hmm. Uh, and we've been to the smallest drawbridge in the Northern Hemisphere. Wh- where? In Nova Scotia. <gasps> what? Remember? I don't remember. The smallest operable drawbridge. It was a little over a little stream, but they had to lift it for That's the fishing boats right. to come in. I remember that. We walked across it, didn't we? We sure did. Oh my goodness. We've had some times. We really have. All of a sudden, here comes the Batmobile hijacking the metal men's job right out from under their noses. And then in mid-air, yes. the masked marvel leaves the Batmobile on automatic bat break and together with his boy wonder, a bit breezy out, Robin, allow for wind deflection when you throw your batarang. Roger, Batman. <laughs> Good voice. Before the drumming fists of the dynamic duo, Ook. Ugh. Batman advises Robin to keep your best profile forward. This will make the next two-parter for our TV show. So that made me feel a little uncomfortable because I thought, wait, they're They're actually being being filmed? filmed? Yeah. Right? Sorry, my stomach just growled. I hope it didn't come out over the air, but it probably did, and I'm not going to edit it out. Okay. Uh, So, yes, I didn't see a camera crew. No. Nor is there one present in in the big shot overhead. No. Uh, oh, let's get Robin's joke in there. It's taps for you characters. Why does Robin talk like a child? He is a child. He's a teenager. The boy wonder. Yes. Boy. Did you just say wonder? No. Are you sure? Did I? 
Let me say it again. Boy wonder. Are you no? You, no, I didn't. I just said you put the an regular. H word in that's the way it's pronounced. Wonder. No, it isn't. Anyway, Robin is not yet the teen wonder. He is still the boy wonder. Oh, okay. So becoming aware of the admiring gaze of the robots. Look who's here, Robin. The metalman. Sightseeing. <laughs> With you two around, that's about all we have left for us to do. So long, Vroosh. You know, they don't take a second to talk to Batman and Robin? No. I it would. Is, it is interesting that Batman, now we, let me think about the timeline here. Batman TV show has been on probably about four months at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first couple of seasons, they every episode was a two-parter because it was on twice a week. And so it would Jeez. end on a cliffhanger, as you remember. And yes. And it would be wrapped up in the next episode. My goodness. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Well, well, was each episode half hour long? Yeah, so okay. it'd be just, you know. Because they'd be filmed one hour. Right. Yeah. Well, you think that's tough. Look at the schedule for uh, Match Game. Oh they filmed five episodes a day. Oh, the Match Game. And they'd have a break in between episodes three and four, and that's when Brett Summers and Charles Nelson Riley would go out for martinis. And so if you watch the episodes at the end of the week, uh-huh. they're wild. They're wild because they've had martinis. Short-circuited by the Flash and Batman. Wait a second. How did you know that they went out for martinis? I know everything about Match Game. You love that game show. You watch it every night. Every single night. I watch at least two episodes. How many... What year are you on? 78. Oh, my God. Well, no. So Amazon Prime only has 73, 75, and 78. Oh, because I thought you were on 75 last time. I But every other episode... All the episodes are on YouTube. Oh, okay. All right. As well as every episode of What's My Line, which is also a favorite. Well, it's uh, as is often the uh, the routine for us when we come home. From, I come home from work, mm-hmm. and you've walked the dogs and fed them. After we catch up for the day, we part our ways, and I go upstairs to um, to the studio, yes. which is where, where we are right now, our office, and I play guitar. And I have a martini and watch match game. That's right, and I have it, and I let the door open, and I can always hear the the theme music. It's time to match the stars. Right, it's great. And the announcer, he's dead now. So they're flying to Washington D.C. because they've been rebuffed by the Flash and Batman and Robin. And what do they see? May I say something? Yes. I really don't like this era of Wonder Woman's outfit. Hate her hair. I hate that the top of her head is clasped inside of her tiara. I love. I my favorite Wonder Woman would, of course, and forgive me for saying this. I know uh, we have a special friend who's probably gonna punch me in the face for saying this, but maybe not. Um, I I really like Linda Carter's style of Wonder Woman, and so and all the subsequent film versions of Wonder Woman that we've seen just most recently, like this whole. 1940s hair clasped by the tiara around the top of the head. I really don't like it. First of all, I can't think of any one of our acquaintance who could punch you in the face, much less would. Oh, I, I didn't mean, you know, literally punch me in the face. Second of all, this is also the time in Wonder Woman's own comic where they're doing this weird kind of like retelling of 1940s stories. And okay. so she's drawn extra to look like the golden age the golden age okay yes. all right okay and by the way this um paula von paula von gunther uh-huh she still looks like a drag queen yes is this the same right uh, same artist who drew the the draws for, yes for, uh, it, it's brilliant i want i i loved 
the appearance of Paula von Gunther in this Metalman comic. I when she's in that bottom left hand corner uh-huh. of the panel, I said, "Oh, there he is, Paula von Gunther in a wig." <laughs> So the metal men have flown to Washington, D.C., where Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor have unknowingly been cornered by Paula von Gunther and her gang as they sit atop a an outdoor cafe having having a ice soda. cream sodas. Ice cream sodas. When was the last time you had an ice cream soda? I don't know, but I don't uh, exercise as much as Wonder Woman, so yeah, she I can can't do get away she with it. Yes. Hey, Butler. So Paula and her gang start firing. Mm-hmm. The metal men are swooping down to rescue Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's Woman lips... doesn't even pause from drinking her no, soda. her lips don't even leave her straw. She just, she just lifts, lifts up, up her, her right bracelet. arm. Ping, ping, ping. I'm not going to be interrupted drinking this delicious soda. Not when I can play bullets and bracelets with Paula von Gunther and her bully boys. Yeah. Is that what Wonder Woman's voice sounds like? Steve, they're firing at us. What? No, Wonder Woman's voice sounds like a 1940 actress. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's what I was doing. Catherine Hepburn. I'm not going to be interrupted drinking this delicious soda. <laughs> not when I can play bullets and bracelets. I didn't mean Catherine Hepburn. No, you didn't. Who's the other one? What? What do you mean? My Who? favorite time of day, day is night. night. I'm Lauren Bacall. Lauren Bacall. Yes. I'm not going to be interrupted drinking this delicious soda. Not when I can play bullets and bracelets with Paula von Gunther and her bully boys. Lauren Bacall would have been an excellent actress to play Wonder Woman. Except that she probably couldn't run very far with all the smoking she was doing. <laughs> well, they had special effects for that. Oh, yes. Like where, where you who saw, else where would you just bounce up and well, down who and the screen run? behind you is shaking and it shows you running? Catherine Hepburn, then she could have run. This reminds me of... I'm not going to be interrupted drinking this delicious soda, (laughs) you old poop. (laughs) Now, um, uh, just a little aside here, because if you'll allow me, uh, of course you will. Do you remember one of my favorite, absolute favorite comedic movies ever uh, would be Airplane? Yes. And that fantastic scene when they're driving to the airport... And the screen behind in the back of the car is is showing them running. And so he's just doing the steering wheel like this. Uh-huh. And the car is in a chase scene. And at one point he runs over a bicyclist and the bicyclist is huge. <laughs> I just love that. And it's a cute little comedic homage to the to the movies from the 1940s. Yes. Oh, in the 30s. Yeah. Well, now I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of the episode talking about actresses that could have played Wonder Woman. Okay. Roz Russell. Oh, absolutely! But she would have had so much fun doing it, and it would have been it would have been a comedy. so campy. Yes, yes, because Rosalind Russell was a comedic genius. Yes, she was right up there with Lucy Ball. Uh, Except not as physical; like she was just wonderfully. Do you think she's better than Lucy Ball? Or what oh were no! You say what you say? I was gonna. I was picturing Lucy Ball playing Wonder Woman. Well, she'd probably <laughs> she play would Paula. at the camera all the time. Right. <laughs> Let's go on. All right, so. Uh, the metal men just fly off without even talking to Wonder Woman. She calls up to the air, why, it's those darling metal men. Now, Arlene Francis, she could do it. Arlene why, Fra- it's those darling metal men. Are you in the theater? Arlene Francis wasn't pretty enough to be Wonder Woman. Arlene Francis was beautiful when she was young. I'll trust you on that. Um, <gasps> what? Greer Garson. As Wonder Woman? Yes. No, she'd be Queen Hippolyta. 
if anything. Oh, you're right. You're right. She was Hollywood royalty. Yes, mm-hmm. and she always played mothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the and then <laughs> then Tina cries back. We're beginning to wonder, Wonder Woman. <laughs> So they are dejected. They head back to the lab and contemplate diving that saucer right, right into, into the into smelter. The smelter. <laughs> they're like they're literally having suicidal ideation right now. Yeah, they have spiraled into such self delusion, shame, and 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 and, and existential uh, torment that they are contemplating diving to their own death. What are we going to tell Irene Vartanoff? You what know what is you... wrong with these dogs? Why are they so antsy? It's their W time. Papa's little timekeepers. Okay. Um, so I'll tell you what you're going to tell Irene Vartanoff. Buy something else. If you don't like our comic, go read Wonder Woman. Right? You could watch her fight drag queens and things. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank Part you. two, the metal men versus the plastic perils. Here we go. All right. The story is finally <clears> beginning. <throat> finally beginning. Attracted by an armored truck speeding into the vast yard of the laboratory complex. Yeah, I was not expecting this turn in the story at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, the truck is out of control. Gold orders Tina to uh, slow it down with some arresting gear. So she stretches her arms into the same kind of gear that slows up planes landing on a flat top. That must be. That must be, what they mean like an aircraft carrier. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. Woman's work is never done, and uh, iron forms himself into some kind of barrier, which the car thunks into. From the armored truck steps a strange pair. Well, yes, it's a man and a glob of goo. Yeah. I was going to say the schmoo, but the schmoo didn't have uh, legs. Right. He did have little tiny legs, didn't he? I don't remember. I, I think he didn't he, have arms. He, floated. he didn't have arms. Oh, okay. No, he had legs. And he, didn't he have like chin hairs? Yeah. Oh, was, what a weird yeah. creature. You know where the schmoo came from? Was he a golem? No. No? He what? came from little Abner. Oh. Well, that's your trivia I have no moment for to today. That. Um, so, uh, this young gentleman who's stepping out of the car orders the glob of goo, whom he calls Effie, <laughs> gobbledygook. He orders gobbledygook. to pick up the money. So she scoops up money from the back of the truck and Gold says, you must have blown a fuse, Professor Bravo. Do you think we're going to just let you waltz away with this money without handing you over to the police? Not a chance. But I did figure that the police on my trail would never dream that I would stop at the metalman's headquarters. Maybe Professor Bravo has blown his fuse, Mercury says. He's the only metal that's liquid at room temperature. But he's a real live villain. We've broken out of the robot menace rut at last. Nameless says, we can face our critics again. Gold says, Iron, relieve that thing of the loot so we can drive Professor Bravo and him back to police headquarters and the professor says stop effie never so lead turns his arm into a giant hammer and pounds effie which gives us a very similar image to what we see in the cover yes how careless of me professor bravo says i forgot to tell you that effie is short for ethylene and that under the heat and pressure of iron's blow he can form long chain molecules called polyethylenoids 
plastic figures. My grandmother's middle name was Ethelene. No. I'm Ethelene Barr. Actually, it was worse than that. It was I'm a Vera. I'm a Vera. I'm a Vera Barr. <laughs> At least it wasn't like a family man, a family name like I'm a man. M-A-N-N. <laughs> That's my stepdad's last name, man. Yeah. I'm a man. <laughs> Dazedly, the metal men reform and prepare to attack again. And the professor says, he chides, isn't one lump enough? We always take two, thank you. Because that was a common to drink tea in the 60s. Uh, yes. One lump or two. Two, please. So Tin vows to stop the villain, so he forms himself into a giant tennis racket. Oh, let me get her collar. Thank you. Uh, and hits Effie again. And... Uh, Oh, no, this isn't Effie. This is Sty. Mm-hmm. Styrene. Uh, by the way, Professor Bravo says, get used to him saying by the way a lot. Mm-hmm. By the way, I forgot to tell you that Sty is short for Styrene, the plastic man with rubbery characteristics. Hit him and he'll bounce you on the rebound. Before the whirling response meters of the metalman, my truck is only one third filled with loot. Now that you've been kind enough to multiply my original ethylene assistant into a plastic gang, I'm going out for enough loot to fill the truck to the bursting point. Sorry, I'm not a robot menace that wants to conquer or destroy the planet Earth like all your other antagonists. And then he gives this unnecessary personal information. Yeah, I'm not even a real professor. I gave myself the name out of a book. I learned everything I know out of science books. Well, good. But I'm not a mad scientist either. I'm probably even out of date because I'm just a crook who's wild about money. Other people's. And you're not equipped to stop me. Vroom. Vroom, vroom, bitches. Vroom, vroom, bitches. Now remember, he's got an armored truck with yes. no wording on the side. Right. End of part two. The startling conclusion of The Metalman versus The Plastic Perils erupts on the next page. Ew, erupts, erupts. That makes me think of a pimple. Yeah. Mm. Part three, the conclusion, thank God, of the Metal Men versus the Plastic Perils. So the Metal Men race inside their headquarters, thinking it shouldn't be too hard to pick up the trail again. Not when he arrogantly broadcasts his intention to commit more crimes to fill his truck with loot. So they're headed in to alert Doc Magnus to the trouble and find that he's still making out with this communist. They're still in the same embrace. Same pose. And by the way, I just want to say, because I know how this is going to end. Yes. These metal men are idiots. idiots. They're not very observant. No. They have walked by the professor and his um, maiden. Paramour. Paramour. Oh, nice word. Thank you. Um, Making out in the same pose over and over, over probably, I don't know, five or six hours uh-huh. of time, yep. in the same pose, and have not observed one incredibly obvious thing. Right. We're not going to say what it is. But no, we're not. So Tina just lets... She She's just... just, she just a, well, you know, up. she contains herself better than I've seen in past issues. And I have to say, this issue is notable for the metal men not just screaming at each other from page one through 24. I kind of missed that. You did? I missed the screaming. Yeah. Why? Why? I don't know. Like, I love that, that not too long ago, I seem to remember that when we first were introduced to Metalman, we were living in that other house. Mm-hmm. Just the constant screaming mm-hmm. that was going on. Yeah. And I just, I, I kind of missed that, 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 that hysteria, that hysteria that, that, that I observed in the first issue. 
Uh, so Tina gets herself under control. You're right, Gold. I can't be jealous or cry or be angry. Only humans are victims of emotion. Else, why should Doc want to kiss that girl when I'm around? But we're robots. We're strong. We'll capture Professor Bravo and his plastic gang. Well, I just want to say nice try, Tina, because I know exactly what you're going to do on the next page. You are trying to talk yourself out of being an emotional wreck, but it's no good. It's just words. She should try eating some chocolate. Oh, yes. You know what? What? Words are like treasures. So bury, bury them. them. Uh, so Gold suggests they split up. I said words. I you meant did. Feelings. You meant feelings. feelings I knew like what treasures. you meant. Oh, my goodness. Split up. That will increase our chances sevenfold of finding them. And whoever does can notify the others to rendezvous with him to battle Professor Bravo and his plastic... Gang. So Gold's battle plan is immediately acted upon by the metal band. Yes. And Lead says, Lead, no, 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 not Lead. That's, that's, that's iron. Iron's going east. Says, I'll head east. Mercury's going west. Lead's Lead goes north, north. And that leaves us south for Gold. No, Tin. Oh, oh, I'm following the thought. Tin, and of course, Nameless goes with Tin. Right. Mm -hmm. so Leaving Gold, Gold and, and Tina. Platinum, they're going to get together, mm -hmm. I think. I always thought they should be together anyway. They make a good couple. Yeah. Sure. Golden platinum. Yeah. yeah of course. So uh here she goes. Gold. Well, she's gonna lose it. I know I'm just a robot who's not supposed to feel jealousy, tears, or anger because Doc prefers kissing one of those skinny hat rack models of his instead of me. But my wires must have crossed to make me feel lonely. Mind if I go with you? That is if you can figure out a direction not already taken by the others, north, east, south, and west. You forgot about up, baby. Gold, you are the greatest. She gives him a little kiss on the mouth. You're a noble metal. There's no reason why our response meters shouldn't click as one. Now, Gold, I think Gold has it in for Tina because uh, she apologizes for kissing him. And he says, why are you apologizing? Because we can't make a beautiful alloy together because all your responses are for Doc? I think he's sweet on her, but he's given up his own feelings because she loves Doc. Do you think there's a romance in the future between gold and platinum? A melding of sorts? Well, I seem to An recall uh, in the, I don't know when it was, 90s, 80s or 90s, a Metal Men miniseries where it was explained that they had once been human uh workers in the lab of doc magnus and they had been killed by something and so he they probably fell into the smelter they f yeah probably and so he like did something to take their brainwave patterns and put them into these response meters and then uh put them in the robots because gold i think had been his brother doc magnus's brother oh my and platinum i think had been his fiance really or something i don't I don't remember it very well. Okay. But at the end of the story, Doc Magnus dies and is turned into a robot. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Da -da 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 -da. So first to be attracted by an alarm ringing from a factory payroll office is the strong metalman, Iron. Yes. And notice that the armored truck has now been painted. Yes. And a new sign is placed on the side called Moz Pies. Moz Pies. Uh, so... By the way, that takes time to paint a truck and put a sign on the side. Not if you're made of plastic, my friend. I hadn't thought. He might have sacrificed one of his plastic uh, minions. Goo things. And sp spread them all over the car. Yes. 
Uh, irons onto them. He realizes they've camouflaged the armored truck and they're now robbing another bank. And so Iron punches one of the plastic things. It's Sty. Have we seen Styrene? Yes, yeah, Styrene's the yeah. rubbery one. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like about these plastic perils is they all have exactly the same body shape and type. Yeah. Unlike the metal men who are all different. Mm-hmm. Um, Iron had forgotten that Styrene is rubbery. So he st- starts squeezing him. Right. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why no, because it's like one of those one of those things you squeeze and their eyes pop out. Oh yeah, those little, those little anxiety little dolls, people. whatever. Yeah. stress dolls. Yeah. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. It's not his eyes, but it's his body stretches up and bonks iron on the head. Mm-hmm. Now, in the West, at a skyscraper construction field office, mm-hmm. Mercury comes upon uh, the same armored car now. Disguised as Paws Fresh Fish. <laughs> also, so there's Maws Pies Ma's and Paws Fresh, 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 fresh Fish. Um, so, Professor Bravo says, When will you metal men learn that except for Styrene, who bounced iron on his responsimeter, the rest of my plastic gang multiplies under the heat and pressure of force? Because Mercury punches him. Right. So, by the way, Professor, even not being a professor takes every single moment that he wishes to try to educate the metal right. men about all the things that they don't know. Not everything is a teaching moment, yes. professor. These dogs are about ready to lose their shit, aren't I they? Know. Oh my God, they're pacing back and forth. So uh, Mercury turns himself into bubbles of bouncy mercury, which, which is poisonous. Mm-hmm. Uh so he transforms himself into globules to tackle these silly plastic creatures of yours. Professor Bravo gets the joke. Calling sill silly for plural is very amusing, Mercury. But not quite accurate. If you had spent more time, because you're an idiot, Mercury, if you'd spent more time studying your chemistry, you would have realized that sill is short for silicone, and silicone can turn into oil at room temperature, which is obviously now out of doors. Is that true? um, Oil? I don't know. Uh, I do know that, for example, silicone breast implants would are, are like, you know, sort of like, viscous kind of you know but it's like a gel right it's yeah not, not not oil like salad dressing well i mean the the do you remember when they first started using breast implants oh, when they would they leak burst, they mm-hmm. leak and they leak. Oh, i don't know so i, I don't know the <sighs> tin robots the uh, tin and nameless now are in their search and they're on the street corner and they're surrounded by fans this is where we get a little bit of feedback from the fans. Yes. Yes. When are the metal men going to announce the name of the robot you made from a do-it-yourself robot kit? How about calling her Tinsel? I sent in Tinkle. My friends and I wrote in a dozen. Tinette, Tintel, Tin Girl, Tinta, Tintin, Tinny Gertrude. You can't keep on calling her nameless forever, Tin. Tin says, I call her beautiful Oh, Tin, you make me blush. Um... I would like to focus on the girl who got her friends together to send in a dozen names for a comic character. I bet that's Irene Vartikoff. Totally. Yes. In Bethesda. And I bet she's uh, like a bossy, mean bully girl. And yes. And she's bullied 
the she probably weaker wears... girls from the school to come to her house and sit around and come up with names. The kind of girl that wears sweaters in the summer. Yes. yes. She's like a Nellie Olson type. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm, I can see it. And she, pulls, she has her hair back in a band. Like, yes. Like she has a band to pull her hair back. Yes. Uh, so she doesn't have bangs because she probably has like troubling, troubled skin. Yes. And she only hangs around with girls who are less attractive than she. Yes. So that she looks the best always. Uh, suddenly, Tin and Nameless spot Professor Bravo and his plastic gang. Uh, and they are now in a truck, of a noodle truck. Grandma's noodles. Grandma's noodles. Well, he's keeping it all in the family. Ma's pies, Pa's fresh fish, Grandma's noodles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Tin goes in for the attack. If you'd read up on your chemistry, Professor Bravo says, you'd know you're not using your noodle tackling meth. Meth? Micros- what? Meth. <laughs> You metal morons never learned that the heat and pressure from your blows against my plastic men like meth here only results in multiplying him. Well, you don't want to multiply meth because that will poison the groundwater and all of the real estate for miles around. Well, it's really methyl acrylate. So, oh, um, oh, okay. Grim tin, grimly, tin battles on with fantastic results. So uh, it's just weird. It's like, no, <coughs> no, 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 no. Sorry about that, everyone. It's Junebug. She gets she bossy twice has a day. Her voice lately this year. Say she she, she barked at me this morning when I was drinking my coffee because she wanted to sit on my lap. She talk about bossy, mean girls. I just looked at her and I said, "Who do you think you are, Miss Junebug? <laughs> Who do you think you are?" I mean, she's she's gone from the dog that never barks right. to the dog that always barks when she wants something. But she barks at times when she could have whatever she wants without barking. Like when you're trying to sleep and she comes and she stands on your chest and yes. then she just barks at you? Or she'll bark at me when I'm sitting on the couch and she's never needed an invitation to jump up on never. the couch. But she'll just sit on the floor and bark at me. Well, it's just weird because we have a friend who has a beagle that he says that she always barks all the time. Barks uh-huh. her, and we've always said, well, our dog never barks. But lately she has started to like find her own voice this year. Well, I think we'll better give her back. Never. She's precious to us. Now go on. So Tin forms himself into a machine gun or a rifle of some kind. Well, and, he and Nameless offers herself up as the bullet. She's like, here, take parts of my being yes. and shoot me out of your gun. Yes. Yeah. Now I can see that Mercury is able to disassociate his body because he's liquid at room temperature. I don't know how Nameless can do it as be Tin and I don't either. turn into bullets. So you broke your tin heads against meth. Short for methacrylate. Meth, meth, methacrylate, I would say. Would you? I well, don't. Does, it doesn't matter. Agree to disagree. Okay, fine. The plastic that can only shatter, not break, like plexiglass. You would have known this if your inventor had programmed scientific study for you so long. He's a dick. He's, he's a science shamer. Leg. He's a science yeah, shamer, yeah. yeah. And he says he's not even a scientist. He just read a book. Yeah. Well, you know what? There is a message in here for young oh, comic fans. Oh, yes. Look at yes. all of the knowledge he's absorbed from books. Mm. Mm-hmm. Led, the shielding metal, ceaselessly patrols the beach until... He uh, comes across the armored car. And now he forms a barrier. As Grandpa's Tasty Tobaccos. And he forms a barrier across the road. The truck stops. Led goes in for the attack. Uh, but if you've read the footnotes on Polly, which I'm sure Led hasn't, 
because he is famously the stupidest of the metal men. He leaps forward and is uh, leaping upon polyethylene, the slippery, waxy, waterproof, lightweight plastic. Yeah, that's so it's so it's weird. I mean, do they do they make um plastic wrap? Is that polyethylene? Um, I, I won't. I have maybe, no but no. they make lead bounce. He's bouncing along the line of. Dazed by his leaden fall, the metal man stares in an er- at an arrogant challenge. Looks like you're such an easy mark, Lead, that my polyplastics feel they can take you on. You don't have to be afraid. None of you metal men lasted against my metal gang anyway. You ought to be junked. Wow. Damn, that's harsh words. So Lead goes in, punching and punching and punching. I guess forgetting the fact that these things multiply. And, you know. and also they can just bounce out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, Lead plunges into the ocean. He'll rest, won't he? Does Lead rest? Uh, I do not know if Lead uh, rests. Anyway. Well, wait. Does Lead, lead has steel in it, right? No. No, no Lead does, is an element. Lead's an element. So no, no. Steel is an alloy. Yes. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something I wanted to tell you, Lead. If you'd done your reading, you would have known that polyethylene plastic can float on water, and Lead doesn't. Ha, ha, ha. So, Golden Tina the last of the metal men reunite with the others announce that they couldn't find professor bravo but everyone else says we did and look what happened they beat us gold and tina head back into the headquarters where doc magnus and communist connie are still making out i mean not to criticize but communist connie has changed her dress from red to black uh, I think maybe just the lighting has changed. Okay. Um, so Gold and Tina head to the library, where finally they're going to uh, read up on chemicals. Thank you. The professor has finally, you know, uh, accomplished his other goal besides stealing money, which is to try to get the the metalman to read. Right. Right. And they go to the library and do some reading. So out they head into the yard, um, just as Professor Bravo has returned with his loot saying, what better place to hide than at the headquarters of the beaten metal men? Hmm. You can't stop us. You tried, and you were just clobbered. You're all just walking junk. And Lead says, you're right. We should be smelted down for flopping so easily against those plastic punks. Well, let's see how this comes to a conclusion. But at Gold's command, the battered metal men hurl themselves anew at their seemingly invincible opponents. Iron, lead, mercury, tin, nameless, hold back the plastic gang. Follow me, Tina. If that isn't just like gold, just like a soft-hearted metal telling his buddies to fight while he and his girlfriend scram. They go toward the dreaded smelter. Yes. And he says to her, to Tina, form the greatest ladle you can, Tina. I'm going to feed some of the plastic gang some I'm going to feed the plastic gang some soup. You're going to give him hot metal. But she says, hurry. Now, you know my melting point. But he says, don't remind me. Mine's even lower than yours. So they scoop up the hot, hot Molten metal. Yes. And he... Dump it down on top of the plastic perils. Oh, my God. That is a horrible death. And this is weird. That bottom right-hand panel. Yeah. When the metal men, they scoop up the professor with a ladle full of hot metal. I don't know if it's full or if it's just just hot hot from from the... Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. 
Um, anyway, that would blister and burn him. Professor Bravo says, I should have known I wasn't up against high school dropouts. The metal men must have read that the weakness of plastics is that they have a low boiling point. Reading is fundamental. The more you know. Later, after the villainous Professor Bravo has been handed to the authorities, Doc and Connie are still at it and Tina has had enough. She is still quite hot from the ladle full of hot metal. So she uh, decides to use her white hot metal hands to touch the professor and his paramour. Yes. And they burst into flames. They burst into flames and burn into nothingness. She has essentially just murdered them. Or has she? It is a robot murdering humans. Robots are incapable of harming humans. That's the first law of robotics. But she says, oh my God, what have I done? She doesn't say, oh my God. She goes, right. Doc, Doc, what have I done? Because she's an idiot. Apparently she doesn't have good eyesight. Well, she certainly doesn't have three-dimensional vision. Because here comes the real Doc from around the corner. You just burned up a couple of cardboard figures I left outside my lab to keep you from disturbing me while I was working on my new response meters for all of you that will make you act like decent, like obedient programmed robots. Not, oh, Doc, I didn't harm you. You're all right. You didn't have to waste your time changing my response meter. Don't you like me the way I am? Doc says, yeah, have you got the wrong number. So he left a cardboard cutout of himself making out with a woman just as a trick so that he could work on response meters to make the robots whom have individual personalities and emotions, which is a great achievement for the 1960s, but he wants to take it all away. He's a bastard. Yeah. He's horrible. Yes. He might be the villain. You know what would be a great fitting end for him? To be massacred in the great robot uprising? And then be turned into a robot himself. Yes. Which actually happens. So, do 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 Anything to add? God, we've just gone through everything, haven't we? I'll say. We've talked about your grandmother. and Yes, we, my phallic dreams. We mentioned the, ro- the the neighbor that was running and walking. And yes. The dogs have had a ceaseless, been on a ceaseless campaign yes. to get you to take them for a walk uh-huh. and feed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've gone through a lot together okay. today. Okay, you can find us on social media at GoGoCheckPod. And you can find us right back here most weekends. Yes. Or shortly thereafter. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. It's always a pleasure. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts from. Right. And now is the time we say... Bye! Bye. It's time to give all of a chance.